WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Congressman Tim Wahlberg says the ouster of Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker is a setback, but the House will have to get back on track. Speaking after Tuesday's historic vote, Wahlberg said the motion to vacate the speakership was led by a small faction of Republicans who are making unrealistic demands. Eight Republicans joined the entire Democratic caucus to at least temporarily derail a successful conservative agenda. This was a setback uh, to achieving our goals of reining in government spending, uh, securing our border, and reversing the disastrous results from the Biden agenda. Wahlberg voted against the sacking of McCarthy. So did Congressman Bill Heisinger, who said on social media today that, quote, Republicans need to come together and move forward. Heisinger added, quote, right now there is no check on the Biden administration when the House does not have a speaker. This is a major problem. Heisinger warned this delays the appropriations process and called for a candidate forum for a new speaker to be chosen. Meanwhile, former Congressman Fred Upton says the frontrunner to be the next speaker of the U.S. House is Steve Scalise of Louisiana, but there are also others under consideration. More from WSJM's Ken Lundberg. Following the unexpected ouster of Kevin McCarthy, the House of Representatives is in a week-long recess. When they come back, they will elect their next House speaker. Upton says the current frontrunner, Steve Scalise, is someone likely to gain a lot of support. I know Steve well. He was on the, I helped him get on the Energy and Commerce Committee. I think he's the favorite going into this. Calls are being made. Upton says he's been talking with his former colleagues, and there are other possible contenders. I know uh, one Republican member has already said that he's going to recommend and introduce a resolution for Donald Trump to be the speaker. And as you know, you don't have to be a member of Congress. It's never happened, but you don't have to be a member of Congress to be speaker. Upton was a guest on the WSJM Morning Show on Wednesday. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. Explosions were set off at Discornia Beach in St. Joseph today as Lest We Forget prepares to stage a reenactment of the D-Day invasion next year. Lest We Forget invited its pyrotechnic experts out to the beach for some tests. Group President Larry Wozniak told us a D-Day reenactment hasn't been staged by Lest We Forget since 2012. Well, the 80th anniversary of D-Day is next year. That's definitely a good time to do it. I mean, we looked at the beach a couple years back about doing it, and that's when the water levels were real high and it wasn't even going to be possible. There was no beach here at Discornia. But this year it's working out well. Hopefully next year it's not going to change that much, but we're working out well. Lest we forget, Treasurer Lou Burchard told us today's demonstration was just a hint of what's coming next summer. He's going to have demonstrations of the strafing, which is sort of a machine gun fire, and then uh, various explosions. We're testing the amount of fuel we need for the various explosions. Burchard said the plan for next June is to have 150 reenactors stage a full-blown invasion of Tiscornia Beach with single-engine airplanes dropping explosives, men rushing the shore, and defenders hiding out in the dunes. A small crowd watched today's test from the pier, and the gulls certainly didn't appreciate the noise. Lest We Forget is raising money needed for June's reenactment now. You can donate at lestweforgetusa.org. The Michigan Department of Transportation has canceled the planned closure of the Washington Avenue Bridge over I-94 this weekend. Spokesperson Nick Sharippa tells us they had planned to do some epoxy sealing on the bridge, but the weather at night this weekend is expected to dip below 50 degrees. That means poor conditions for the epoxy to dry. MDOT's now looking to do that project in the spring. The plan had been to close the bridge Saturday and reopen in time for Monday morning. Now MDOT says, never mind. The Southwest Michigan Planning Commission is asking everyone to be careful not to clog storm sewers this fall. 
Associate planner Becca Schrag tells us when the leaves fall off the trees, they can wind up in gutters, which causes the storm sewers to get blocked. So a lot of people will rake their leaves onto the street or um, use a, a leaf blower and put them on the street for city pickup. And what we're asking is for people to keep them off of the street and more like on the edge of their yards, so that way they're not running down into storm drains and clogging those pipes. Schrag says leaves can lead to the storm sewers flooding, which releases pollutants into the environment. You can help protect storm sewer systems by washing your car on the lawn instead of the driveway, redirecting roof drains away from the street, and reducing the use of fertilizer. Some candidates have filed to run for Berrien County Sheriff and Berrien County Clerk in next year's elections. The Berrien County Clerk's Office tells us Jason Long of Berrien Springs has filed to run for sheriff. He's currently a deputy with the Sheriff's Department. Also having filed is Richard Briand of Niles. He's a retired floor-covering installer who previously ran for Berrien County Board of Commissioners in 2014. So far, Berrien County Undersheriff Chuck Height has not yet filed to run, although he still has a lot of time to do so. Filing the run for Berrien County Clerk next year is Bridgman City Clerk uh, Sheila Wrights. Berrien County Clerk Sharon Tyler has also not yet filed to run, although again, she has plenty of time to do so. Set for this Sunday is the third annual Halloween Harvest at the Bridgman Open Air Market. Market manager Roseanne Stokovic tells us around 70 vendors will be on hand with candy, games, and special Halloween items for sale. Everybody comes dressed up in costumes for trick-or-treating. The vendors get dressed up. The booths are decorated. It's just a lot of fun. Stokovic invites the kids to come out dressed up so they can trick-or-treat at the market. She notes the last couple of Halloween celebrations were popular. More and more come out every year. Last year, I want to think we had deemed near 2,000 people come out, and I'm hoping to top that record. In addition to the vendors, Diana's Kitchen and Ben's Pretzels will be on hand to feed the ghouls and goblins roaming the market. The Bridgman Open Air Market is located in the United Federal Credit Union parking lot on the corner of Lake Street and Red Arrow Highway. Its hours this Sunday will be 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And a special Halloween celebration is planned for this month in South Haven. On October 28th at 1 p.m., you can go to Dykeman Park for a Halloween pooch parade. Kendra Kingsbury with Decadent Dogs tells us she's seen some pretty hilarious dog costumes in previous years. A family one where they were all tacky tourists. Mm-hmm. So the dog included, they all wore these hysterical like Hawaiian shirts and, you know, cameras around their neck. Following the parade, spectators are invited to stay for the costume contest. The event is a free of charge. Kingsbury says it's a fun way to get the whole family into the Halloween spirit. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. Brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. The White House says it's confident lawmakers will approve more funding for Ukraine and that those opposed are not in the majority, but the timing is urgent. President Biden spoke about the issue today, and ABC's Karen Travers has the latest. President Biden was asked if the disarray on Capitol Hill with Kevin McCarthy ousted as House Speaker makes him worried that his administration will not be able to deliver to Ukraine the aid it was promised. It does worry me, but I know there are a majority of members of the House and Senate in both parties who have said that they support funding Ukraine. The White House says any lapse in support for Ukraine, even for a short period of time, will have an impact on the battlefield. The president says he'll soon deliver a major speech outlining why it's critically important for the U.S. and allies to keep their commitment to Ukraine. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The stunning removal of Congressman Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker has left the House effectively paralyzed. 
Republicans are now struggling to bring order to their fractured majority. They must now begin the difficult and potentially prolonged process of uniting around a new leader. The House will try to elect a speaker as soon as next week. The members currently in the running are Majority Leader Steve Scalise and Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan. They're expected to be joined in the race by Kevin Hearn, the chair of the Republican Study Committee, the largest GOP caucus in the House. It's unclear whether any candidate will be able to get the 218 votes needed to become Speaker. Meanwhile, that race is taking shape with more from ABC's Stephen Portnoy. The first two candidates have begun to feel out their colleagues. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, currently the most senior member of the GOP leadership, now wants the top job. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, who helped found the Freedom Caucus, wants it too. Others may still put their hats into the ring. Republicans are expected to huddle next week to hear from the candidates and then nominate their top choice. A person's task will be to overcome the kind of internal objections that stalled Kevin McCarthy's rise to the speakership and ultimately ended his tenure. Pope Francis has opened a big meeting on the future of the Catholic Church. He says the church is in need of repair to make it a place of welcome for everyone, everyone, everyone. He says it should not be a rigid barricade written by fears and ideology. Francis presided over a solemn mass in St. Peter's Square to formally open the meeting today. Progressives are hoping it'll lead to more women in leadership roles, and conservatives are warning that could split the church. The meeting won't make any binding decisions, and it's only the first session of a two-year process, but it nevertheless has drawn an acute battle line in the church's perennial left-right divide. 75,000 nurses and other workers at Kaiser Permanente hospitals and offices in eight states are on strike today over a new contract. More of maybe she's Alex Stone. The nurses and other Kaiser healthcare workers who are out on the picket lines today want an agreement that would set their minimum wage at $25 an hour. That's $4 more than Kaiser wants to give, and they want more staffing, saying levels are critically low. On the front lines, this worker saying, We're healthcare workers. We worked through the pandemic. We didn't take a break, and our patients didn't take a break. You know, people with cancer, they don't not have cancer because it was a pandemic. They don't not have cancer because we're out here striking. Kaiser says it is actively negotiating even during the strike and the two sides have come to some agreements, but there's more work to do. Alex Stone, EBC News. Mourners bearing bouquets and cards are paying their respects to U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein, whose casket is on display at San Francisco's City Hall. It's the building where Feinstein served as a board supervisor and the city's first female mayor before departing for a groundbreaking career in Congress three decades ago. The San Francisco native is being remembered as a tireless public servant and an inspiration to girls and women. She saved the city's iconic cable cars and brought national attention to the AIDS crisis. Nancy Pelosi has called her the city's forever mayor. Feinstein died on a Thursday at the age of 90. President Biden today focused on debt relief for some student loan borrowers. More of maybe she's Karen Travers. The sweeping student debt cancellation that President Biden tried to push forward was blocked by the Supreme Court. But today he highlighted work his administration is doing to give some relief to borrowers by fixing issues in the system, revamping programs that were not working as intended. This kind of relief is life changing for individuals and their families. But it's good for our economy as a whole as well. The president announcing an additional $9 billion in debt relief for 125,000 borrowers through corrections to income-driven payment programs and the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, and by giving automatic relief for borrowers with total and permanent disability. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The once-critical white COVID-19 vaccination cards are being phased out. Vaccines are not being distributed by the federal government anymore, so the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has stopped printing new cards. People can still get proof of vaccination from a doctor or a state health department if they want. Some states have online options that create a QR code. Health officials recommend keeping your card in a safe place if you still have one. 
And with Donald Trump's reaction on a day three of a civil fraud case against him, ABC's Aaron Katursky is at the courthouse in Manhattan. The former president said, I'm stuck here. You know, I'd rather be in Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina or Ohio, but I'm stuck here because of, of what he called this rigged case. The reality is he's not stuck here. The only time he'll be required to attend the civil trial is when he's called to testify as a witness. Uh, so he is here of his own volition. And when we called out to say, well, then what are you doing here? Uh, he said, well, he wanted to bring it to the attention of the press. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.